This will be the most painful sermon of my entire career. I've tried to avoid this moment, hoping that what the Israeli president described as the unfolding disaster and nightmare would have ended by now. I would have wanted to have reassured you that in retrospect, the common sense and sensibilities of Israeli leaders took over in time to avoid cascading calamities. After all, this is the country whose governments, liberal and conservative, left and right, did amazing things, successfully navigating the birth, defense, and development of a tiny, impoverished country surrounded by cutthroat enemies into an economic, cultural, scientific, and military powerhouse within an historical blink of an eye. Zionism, a marginal movement at the close of the 19th century, became the world's most successful liberation movement of the 20th century. I'm still hopeful that this immediate crisis will ease soon, that domestic and international pressure will force the government to slow its legislative blitz and cool the passions and ease the national distress. And then Israelis can get down to the real business of social reform that I hope will transform Israel into a stronger, more cohesive and united society. Israelis understand now that something fundamental is at stake. It is not only the role of the courts and the proper balance of power between the three branches of government. The current debate has long surpassed this one issue. What this struggle is really about is what do we mean when we proclaim Israel to be both Jewish and democratic? What do we mean by democracy? What do we mean by Jewish? And how do we resolve the friction between the two? For understandable reasons, Israel never fully resolved its founding tensions. She was born three years after the Holocaust. It was a difficult and dangerous birth. Her neighbors were determined to strangle the baby in its crib. Those were desperate times when the very future of the remnants of our people was in the balance. In the years after barely winning independence, Israel brought in millions of persecuted Jews from every corner of the world, most from non-democratic countries, absorbed them with difficulty, and unevenly, and developed the state piecemeal as best it could, all the while successfully defending itself from daily existential threats. There just wasn't enough time to articulate and legislate fundamental constitutional principles that had broad and popular support. The demands of Daily survival took precedence. 
I hope that the silver lining of this crisis will be the opportunity to finally address the foundational principles of Israeli society. And while it is for Israeli citizens to determine these principles, world Jewry has an important role to play. Jews are bound to each other by the bonds of history and destiny. Kol Yisrael arevin ze baze. All Jews are responsible one for the other. We too must be active in influencing the character of the Jewish state, mindful that it is Israelis who have the final say. We've been involved in this from the first hour of Jewish statehood, and even before. What transpires in Israel directly affects the future of American Jewry. If there is anyone who thinks that we can go on our merry way, turning our back on Israel and living in splendid American isolation, never having to think of all of the messiness of Jewish statehood, you are deluding yourselves. The nature, character, and well-being of Israel will, in large part, determine the future of American Jewry. The breadth and intensity of the escalating protests encourage and invigorate me. Israeli democracy is alive and kicking. Many of those marching weekly on the streets are amazing people. They are from the left. They are from the right. They are secular. They are religious. They are orthodox. They represent the full gamut of Israeli society. They are patriotic and filled with good Jewish and humane values. It is deeply concerning to me that what requires slow, thoughtful, and careful deliberation is being rammed through the legislative process at breakneck speed. Even if you support every measure proposed by the Israeli government. And if you do, you're in the minority. Still, the daily intensifying damage to Israel should concern you deeply. The Israeli government is tearing Israeli society apart and bringing world Jewry along for the dangerous ride. Israel's enemies can hardly contain their glee. And Zionism's opponent in the West cluck day and night, you see? We told you so. And there should be no confusion. Even if you oppose the rhetoric, the substance, and the methods of the opposition, it is the government's responsibility to calm the waters. The government is empowered. The opposition is reacting to the government. Only the government can slow the process. Instead, it took 
17 minutes for the government to reject President Herzog's bridging framework. 17 minutes! They were preparing their rejection before the president even finished speaking. It is legitimate, even necessary, to debate the proper balance between the unelected judiciary and the elected legislature. Democracies engage this debate every day. Americans, too, have dense disagreements on this precise issue. But are you prepared to put at risk so much of what we have accomplished together in the past 75 years, all of which was achieved under this current judicial system? It's not the idea of judicial reform. It is this legislative package that the majority of Israelis, world jury, and Western governments oppose. Is it worth the risk of ramming this legislation through without even a pretense of trying to reach a broad consensus? Is it worth the economic, political, diplomatic, and security harm compounding daily? Is it worth dividing world Jewry, degrading the U.S.-Israel bilateral relationship, undermining Israel's reputation and standing in the world, destabilizing Israel's miraculous high-tech industry and modern economy and depressing the motivation of Israel's military and security personnel to volunteer for military service? They're among the elite of the elite soldiers. Is it worth it? The crew that freed the Entebbe hostages, who served under Yoni Netanyahu of blessed memory, the prime minister's brother, they protested the legislative blitz this week. They're unpatriotic. Even if you agree with every element of the government's judicial proposals. Is it worth it? Is this the way to implement central structural change in a democratic society, especially one as polarized and complicated as Israel? Honestly, I'm flabbergasted that it has come this far. I didn't expect it. Every day causes deepening and darkening damage. No matter who speaks out. And irrespective of whatever harm they warn against, the legislative machine marches on. In a sense, this proves the point of those who are so fearful. That in a parliamentary system, especially a young democracy like Israel's that lacks a written constitution and centuries of common law traditions, the government can speed headlong into the abyss and if determined enough or unhinged enough, very little can stop it. 
just consider the warnings from patriots and friends. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis marching every week in Israeli cities and towns, the proportional equivalent of 12 million Americans a week. The president of Israel, the vast majority of Israel's economic, business, academic, cultural, science, and medical communities, all of whom have spoken out against the proposals, its banking industry, the chairman of the Bank of Israel, its former attorney general, Israel's main labor union, CEO and top CEOs and top researchers of Israel's public health system, six Israeli Nobel Prize winners, a substantial part of its military, including former heads of the IDF, U.S. congressional representatives, Democrats and Republicans, Jewish and non-Jewish, longtime friends of Israel, constitutional scholars in the West, the former chair of the Federal Reserve, and practically the entire American Jewish establishment, including the federated system and most of the largest donors to Israel for decades, and most American rabbis, including most mainstream Orthodox rabbis. Trust me, I have spoken with many of them. Nothing has moved this government off of its single-minded focus to pass what they call judicial reform and what the opposition considers judicial castration. To be clear, this government was lawfully, legitimately, and democratically elected. It has a mandate to govern. Still, even democratically elected governments are obligated to uphold democratic principles, not only the will of the majority, but the preservation and protection of minority rights as determined by adequately empowered and independent courts. Even if you are entirely supportive of the government's initiatives, can you at least understand the concerns of those who are worried? And do you not have an obligation to take that into account in governing? And I take this opportunity to state in no uncertain terms, elements of this government appall me. I will not sanitize supremacists, extremists, and religious fundamentalists. They distort Judaism and are an embarrassment to the Jewish people. I don't even want to repeat what these parties believe and what their spokespeople have said, first because I don't have the time, and second, I am embarrassed that Jewish leaders representing the state of Israel can even speak this way, let alone believe these things. Go online and read it for yourselves.
to your heart's distress. These are not our values. Whatever your political inclinations may be, and we have a full spectrum in our congregation and with the, in the American Jewish community, ranging from left to right and everything in between, and we embrace them all. These are not our values. Rabbi Stephen Wise was born 149 years ago today. He was the primary spokesperson of American Jews on many issues, especially Zionism. He opposed with every fiber of his prodigious energies the anti-Zionists in our midst. He was one of the key leaders who helped bring about the birth of the State of Israel. And you and we, the congregation and the professionals and the clergy, we've worked hard to honor and perpetuate that legacy. We will never retreat from our Zionist commitments or our willingness to defend Israel from her many enemies. Our critics have cast doubt recently on the commitment of Israel to Israel of Reform synagogues. We, the Stephen Wise Free Synagogue, are at the center of diaspora Jewry. We are not Israel's opponents. We are lovers of Israel. We wish it only strength and success. Every few weeks, another Israeli delegation of political leaders, educators, military and security personnel come and visit our congregation to learn about American Jewry. They love coming here. They know that they are among family here. They know they will be embraced here. They know that they, we represent the vast majority of American Jews, including liberal Jews, no matter what impression our opponents wish to convey. We are the mainstream of American Jewish community. And so in your name, at least those who agree with me, and on your behalf, at least those who agree with me, I want to address the Prime Minister directly. Mr. Prime Minister, our closest friends in the West cannot believe the damage we are inflicting on ourselves. Many of them think we have lost our minds. Stop this runaway car before it hurls off the abyss. It's your responsibility. You are causing severe damage to the relationship between Israel and world Jewry, as if we didn't have enough challenges here as it is. You are imposing on us severe obstacles in keeping our younger Jews connected to the Jewish state. It's Israel's self-proclaimed role to protect the Jews of the world. 
You voice that principle on every visit here. But you are contributing to the distressing increase of anti-Zionism in America. You are losing the American Jewish community, and once you have lost them, it will be exceedingly difficult to bring them back. And if you believe that you can replace American Jews with evangelical Christians, you're wrong. You're wrong on Jewish values. And with all due respect to your greater political experience and skills, which I readily concede, you are wrong on the politics as well. You were elected fair and square. But how can you ignore the massive waves of protest in Israel and throughout the world expressing the pain and worry of millions of our people? Social cohesion and Jewish unity are among your highest obligations. You have a moral and political responsibility to reduce tension and increase dialogue. Your government has caused devastating ruptures in almost every sphere of Jewish communal life in Israel and in the diaspora. Are you sure that both your hands are firmly on the steering wheel as you so confidently assured us? Or are you being driven off the cliff? Stop the runaway out of control car before you drive it over the precipice. Take the off ramp that the president has offered and the majority of people want. Start negotiating on the basis of the president's framework. Take back those 17 minutes. Stand up to the backseat drivers in your car who have restrained you and tied you down. Grab back the steering wheel and put your two hands firmly on it. It's your responsibility. And a final word to American Jews. Israel is the Jewish people's supreme creation of our age. What we have learned in the past 75 years is that it is hard to build and sustain a state. It's hard to reconcile the morality of powerlessness developed by rabbinic Judaism in the diaspora with the moral exercise of collective power. It's hard to transition from a perpetually oppressed mi minority into a just and democratic majority. But we have also learned that the complexities of self-government and the moral challenges of exercising power are, by far, preferable for our people than to be powerless and at the mercy of the Dark Lords. As long as I am here, this synagogue will not abandon Israel, especially in its hours of greatest need. We will double down. Our Amplify Israel program is more important now than ever 
and more difficult than ever. Give us your time. Give us your energy. Give us your financial resources. We will do everything that we can think of to steer, steer the American Jewish community through these stormy waters. We will organize more missions to Israel. Come with us on the March 24 mission. We will intensify Israeli edu Israel education in youngsters, young adults, and older members. We will continue to remind our movement that there can be no contemporary Jewish life absent an unbreakable bond with the Jewish people and the Jewish state. We will support in every way possible those in Israel who are working for a more tolerant, more peaceful, and more unified society. We will get over this crisis. Israel's a strong country with amazing people. There will be many future crises, and we will surmount those as well. Dealing with crises is the gift of statehood that history has bequeathed the Jewish people in our generation. We are blessed to live in times of Jewish self-determination. took us 2,000 years to get back. We do not intend to forfeit the legacy of ages past. To be a free people in our own land, the land of Zion and Jerusalem.